Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? We're still in first place. Texas Tech Red Raider first place basketball team. Nothing's changed. (laughs) Full steam ahead. That's what's up. That's just not true. Not anymore. Well, we're tied. We're tied in first place by the record, but but yeah, I guess Houston would technically own the tiebreaker because they, no, they beat uh, Tech by twenty something points. They are six and two Big Twelve record, at least according to the Big Twelve website. Oh, Texas Tech is five and two. So wah, Texas wah. Tech is tied for second with Iowa State. Well, five and two is a better winning percentage. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. Math is hard. I, I only say that because I have the I have the the sheet in front of me. Oh, okay. Seven fifty for Houston. <clears throat> Seven fourteen for Texas Tech. They are Houston is nineteen and two overall. Texas Tech sixteen and four. Not that well, I want to get. You say? Not that I want to get into four to one, but sixteen wins to four losses ain't bad, man. What, what do you say? I mean, you know, we should jump right into the TCU game, but before we get we too far, to. last week we talked about how great it would be to split these two, and we did it. Remember, you, your demeanor does not. We did it, not, y'all. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I think we were project tech was projected to lose them both. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's, let's just, let's just split it. Yeah. Split let's it. just, I mean, that that's ideal. That'd be great. And as it always turns out, the thing you wished for happened and it sucks. And you wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about why, why it sucks that you split. Uh, you had a seven point, nine point lead in the first half. Um, a couple times, a couple right? times. Um, and you got chaos with the ball. Um, unlike in the, in the Oklahoma game, which, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but uh, there were stretches of the Oklahoma game where it felt like <clears throat> Oklahoma was going through a little bit of a shooting slump and the players, Texas Tech players on the floor wanted to capitalize and bury Oklahoma and they would just get frantic and run up the court and just jack up un, unsmart shot attempts. <laughs> Just bad, bad shots, and they would clank and miss, and you're like, oh, dang. Um, and it helped that Oklahoma could just continue to miss, but you just weren't running your offense. You weren't you weren't running anything that would 
capitalize on that. You wanted the, the the knockout kill shot, and it wasn't it wasn't falling. Um, for for tonight, um, part of it was you had two. You had TCU had two possessions go back to back. Um, they they weren't threes; they, they were both twos, uh, or maybe the first one was a three. Anyways, they hit a shot. You miss, they hit a shot. Um, and then I don't know if it was explained or caught or anything else. I know it was it was a very heavy topic of discussion in the Discord. Texas Tech was called for a or for a foul on the floor. But the score bug showed TCU got the two points from the shot that went in after the foul. And we're like, okay, well then they're, they're, they'll just review it and fix it because TCU maintained possession of the of the, of the ball. Like, like, well, if they if they got a, a foul on the shot, then they would have gotten a free throw, and that would have been yeah. tag tag ball. Um, if it was before the shot, then yeah, TCU would have kept possession of the ball, which they did, and subsequently made another a shot, but they would have taken the two points off the board. Never did the plausible possible explanation was that it was a foul after the shot or like, like after the ball went through, but like it wasn't a late whistle. It wasn't like it was the balls through the, through the hoop and like they're getting ready to, to get the ball inbound and then there's a whistle. No, it was like, it seemed it was a part of the shooting action. So that was strange. Um, Got TC within three or four points at that point. Um, And then later, I think it was early second half, Pop Isaacs hits that three and gets called for the flop. Looked like he was fouled in the the process there, at least in the sense that his legs were taken out from underneath him as he was coming down. Um, I think the announcers even... They said it was a bad foul. They, they yeah, they, they which they they, they, they don't always know anything, right? Like I'm not saying well, sure. the announcers they they said it was a foul. I was like, well, no, but the re, all the replays are like, yeah, the TCU dude kind of took out Isaac's legs when he's coming down, um, and uh, didn't give him a spot to land, um, which you know, and and football terms like I, I they they protect the landing spot for kickers same kind of thing he was kicking right yeah um kicking so out. what should have been three points for tech and then a, a free throw um where, where it's three four three points for tech two for tcu on the on the free throw and then they kept possession and then hit that shot so it was like there's five points and an eight point loss Yes, we're talking about five points, and, and they were spread out like it wasn't like all at once. Um, and can't can't say text not not without a fault. You can't survive games giving up twenty one to three runs. You just can't do it. You can't continue no. to give up huge runs. They, they've gotten um, lucky, but the luck until tonight. Time. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're not gonna you're not gonna survive every twenty zero run. 21-3. You, you Tech win. has to make a stop. They've got to make a bucket. they got to do something. 
in in a in a six minute stretch. It's not too much to ask to make a bucket or make a stop. But it's we we've seen it in almost every Big Twelve game, just these yeah. massive scoring droughts. To where I'm almost thinking like, well, that's just the nature of college basketball, right? No, there's there's a lot of games. It's where, the nature of Texas Tech basketball, apparently. Yes, I think so. I think the fact that it's just every game we've watched doesn't mean that it's happening everywhere else. But, you know, the other thing you can't do is is go on the road and have your point guard turn it over eight times. Not not the greatest recipe for success of, you know, the end of the game, it was, it was the Isaacs and the Walton show. They stepped up. They were awesome. You know, Washington coming out of the half was incredible. Tied the game on some on some really good plays. Isaacs had an alley oop over two defenders from the top of the key somehow to Washington. I mean, it was just you felt like things were going the right direction, and then you know TCU just went on another run on a 10-0 run, rattled one off in like a minute and a half, and that was pretty much that. You know, the tech was able to get close there at the end, like you said, with with some uh, some good plays, but I, I just didn't. I, I'm a little concerned with Toussaint's output right now. You know, he's he's struggled a little bit lately. His his last few games, you know, the Big Twelve have not has not been super friendly. So it, it's still pretty good as far as points. You know, his last five games in the Big Twelve. 12 points, 9, 5, 14 against OU. But then uh, tonight, only winding up with six points on one of three shooting. He made he made four free throws, which is great. Four of four, he was perfect. But, I mean, he had more turn, turnovers than points. And, you know, that, that's, that's where you start to to lose ball games. Uh, you know, his, his last stretch so tonight he had eight turnovers game before it was four game before that was one and the game before that was four so just kind of not not a great trend we're seeing but I feel like I feel like giving him the benefit of the doubt a little bit and what you know what what do you think Spencer are you kind of in that same same that same camp of he'll, he'll just let him work through it he'll He'll be fine. You know, he did have like six assists tonight, I think. I had that pulled up. Of course, I've got like nine windows open like usual. Let me see here. I I was... Uh, nine assists. He had nine assists. I was patient when Isaacs was was, was slumping early in the season. Um, because it, it, it felt like it was only one aspect of his game too. It wasn't like compounding or whatever. With with Tucson, it's like he's not scoring and he's turning it over a bunch. Um and, and tonight it was just like lazy passes. It was throwing it into the stands when nobody was standing there. Or like I I even remember was it Washington? Like he he had the ball down low and then threw it out to to Toussaint, who was like not expecting the ball, and the ball just goes right past him. It was like Oh look, there it goes. Um, I'm I'm a it little almost happened after a made bucket too. Yeah, I'm I'm a little less patient with it having like with it affecting multiple aspects of a game, especially from a point guard, right? Like you're supposed to be 
uh, either a score or a distributor or you're supposed to make, make things happen. Uh, and early in the season when, when Isaacs was struggling, man, it was too silent. He was doing everything. He was carrying the team. It was, it was his team. Um, and you would love to see some of that, some of that, that dog in him back. Um, but like right now, it's just like, at least offensively, I, 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 I can't, I don't know specifically about defense for, for Tucson, but offensively, man, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, and he's playing a lot of minutes to be playing the way he is. Um, and, and, and just going back to the runs for, for tonight, like it, it, it felt like one TCU shot lights out all night. And it was just like, if you had any, any hiccup in your offensive game, it was just a, it happened so fast, right? Like, um, that that the twenty one to three run happened in four minutes, four minutes, Michael. You went from up eleven to down seven in four minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a chance of going three in there. Otherwise, it would have been twenty one to three. Uh, it would have been yeah twenty one nothing. Well, in that three he took, I even I, I remember talking to my television like, oh no, oh, and then it went in because I think it was a really early possession. Mm-hmm. Three. Uh, it was a fast. It, it may have three. been. Yeah. Yeah. It was him and maybe one defender or two defenders or something. And he, he's. I mean, it was perfect. He switched it, but the whole time I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, it went in. Good. Yeah. Um. So you ended the half down four. Although I would argue it should have been down two because that was the. Um. <laughs> the phantom points. The goaltend that didn't happen. It was. Even it wasn't even a goaltend. Uh, you you're talking about OU? Oh, well, I, I think I would call that an, a, a, a goaltend. I'm just trying to find out how you count two points when the play had stopped before the. It was. So if it was truly on the floor. It was in the middle of, of that run. Um, so PV hit a three to get it down to where they were down by six. Then they hit, um, then PV was, it was on a fast break. He was given the, the, the jumper. So they're down four. And then 26 seconds later, um, uh, Coles hit another layup to get it down to, to, to two. So it was right there. You went from down nine, or sorry, TC was down nine to down two when some suspect officiating happened. Um, and then in the second half, it was a, uh, where was it? Isaac's three pointer. Was it with four minutes to go? No. Cause that's when he got pulled into, into within five. It was earlier than that. I felt. Or did they miss the three? I don't. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I may have made up what happened after the the Isaac's three pointer. Well, if it didn't count, it would. It would. No, be sorry. Nope. Yeah, sorry. It is. It was um. Eleven twenty seven. Isaac's hit the three pointer. Um, and then 
Tennyson hit hit a free throw at eleven twenty six, which is the uh, the um, the technical there, and then Tennyson again hit a a layup ten fifty eight, so thirty seconds after that, uh, which is a you know they they ran the the shot clock down to the end, so they had you know instead of being four points for Tech, it was three points for, for TCU. Uh, and then the next possession, oh, sorry, it was an and one. So, so they, um, yeah, it was a, well, Tech shouldn't have fouled him. It's a five point swing there because it, it, Isaacs was fouled on the shot when he, he was shooting three, sorry, when he shot the three. So he could have had a, a fourth point there. Tennyson got the technical free throw, made that. Then he hit the free, and he hit the layup, fouled on that, and then made the, the free throw. So, yeah, that was a fun little back and forth. Um, and then it got interesting there with uh, that last minute. You got it down to, to three points when Kerr and Walton hit that three to make it 78 81. Um, and then you tried to hack a shack and Coles hit all four of his, his free throws there at the end. Um, yeah. And I'd been bragging on McCaslin hanging on to those timeouts, but man, he was out. He, he used his last one with two minutes left. And so for that last two minutes, that stretch, I mean, his, his guys played well and, and made good plays and I'm sure he was coaching his tail off, but he was out of timeouts in a close game at the end. And I don't know if that would have made or broken anything because of TCU's ability to, to get to the line and make those free throws. Well, not, not ability to get to the line. They were intentionally being fouled to, to shoot them, but they were making them. And I, I don't know if more timeouts would have helped or not, but I just, I just found that interesting. I've been bragging on him this whole time and then he didn't have any with two minutes left. You feel like, ah, that might have been that might have been handy. That might have been helpful. Yeah, and and, and at that point, it felt like uh, there were times when like he, he was coaching as they were about to inbound, right? So like he was telling like, "Hey, this is what what you need to be doing." Um, but even then, like there wasn't like wasn't really set up, and there were stretches where like you expect them to foul, and like we look like we were going to foul, but then didn't like we're just right. letting TCU run clock here, and like we need yeah, we're the ball getting back. seven seconds off. If if the, if you're just going to foul anyway, just yeah. do it the second it. It comes in bounds. Whoever catches it, fine. It's not the guy you want to foul, but do it. Just get it over with. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll miss. I don't know. Um, TCU hit 32 free throw attempts tonight. 32. Talk about uh, some some scoring issues. Some officiating issues. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Jacobi- oh, come on. 12 of those were intentional fouls in the last three minutes. <laughs> um. Okay, but to that point, Michael, if you take away twelve, then it's a twenty to fourteen disparity there. Yeah, they were the home team. We don't ever complain when it's that way in Lubbock, do we? Happens all the time. Home team always shoots more free throws. Yeah, well, it should have been more aggressive. Also, yeah, also uh, a part of Tucson shot three shots. Tech Tech not not getting into the paint room. Not he shot three shots. It was fouled on two of them. He should have shot more. There should have been 
doing a lot less chunking threes, of course, than they had to at the end. Speaking of chunking threes, former Red Raider Micah Beebe, four for four on the night. You know, it took it took him three years, but he got his revenge. Not that I think he even really cares about that anymore, and there's no one on that team that was there when he was. Yeah. Three years ago, and McCaslin doesn't care. and I didn't even know his name. Anyway, yeah, only us care. Zero? Yeah, it was, was a good shooter tonight. But yeah, I think trait. I think they brought up in the broadcast that the all the previous matchups combined, he'd scored twelve points total. Yeah, he had twelve and three tonight. points. Yeah, something like that. Twelve and threes tonight. So um, you lose a game that you had a shot to. I mean, you didn't lead at all in the second half. Um, you got it to a tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you tied it with uh, seventeen forty-five. 1721 to go. Um, but TCU had as many as a, tw- or as large as a 12 point lead um, five minutes later. So you go from tied at 17 minutes down by 12 at 12 minutes to go. Um, they had an 11 point lead. TCU did at 550 to go. And then with about four minutes of game time, you got that down to three. Uh, sorry, through four minutes of game time, got down to three with uh, 19 seconds. Made it interesting, but Coles did not miss his free throws. Um, and then offensively, again, maybe if you had a, a timeout there at the end, uh, maybe would have had a better set there because it was very obvious, like we're going to get the ball to to Isaacs and we're going to get a three or Secondarily, we're going to look for Walton, um, and those two things were covered. You did try to get a, a lob dunk into uh, to Warren Washington. That was one of the the, the plays where uh, Toussaint just threw it into the stands. Well, Washington but, may have slipped, but yeah, Washington was almost on the ground when that pass came through. So I just a just a real fluke there. The 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 towel people, the towel people didn't do their job. That's, that's this towel gate. That's what we should do. What, what is it with TCU and towels, man? Got Gary. Yeah. Patterson. Or TCU and, and yeah. And just Ankles. water, just, just water everywhere. Wetness, places. Moistness. Yeah. Places where it shouldn't, shouldn't be. Yeah. It's, it's three sports now. Yeah. Hey, at least uh, Jamie Dixon didn't trip one of our players and break an ankle. <laughs> That's true. He seemed he seemed a lot more restrained, closer to the sidelines. On it, he wasn't as as egregious on the court as he has been when he tripped. Uh, was it McCuller? He tripped yeah, in the corner, McCuller. and he, and he, he yeah, rolled Mc, his ankle. McCuller came down, and they should have called a foul on <laughs> on Dixon because <laughs> he didn't allow him to land. <laughs> yeah. So you drop this game, uh, 85-78, you drop to uh, drop. You move to uh, five and two in Big 12 play. Uh, back at home this weekend uh, with Cincinnati. Last weekend, I was, um, <laughs> well, we, we, we talked about how, how Saturday was the day of birthday parties. I watched as much as I could as I bounced between uh, Blazing Bounce. Bouncers and altitude 
Uh, and I was, I was, I was on Hayden duty, which is, uh, which is a, a full, full job, a full-time job at altitude. So we were, we're in the middle of a birthday party in the middle of altitude and I, I'm in charge of keeping up with a three-year-old. Um, but I've also got the game on my phone. So I, I watched or had the game up probably the last 10 minutes of the second half. Uh, but that, that was out also the time when he was the most active. So I wasn't able to catch a whole lot of it. Ultimately why we didn't end up recording is because I haven't, I haven't watched any of this game. Um, but Texas Tech does get the win on the road. So as we talked about at the top of the show, you did get the split there on the road. Uh, you took down number Yay. 11, Oklahoma in Norman, 85, 84, although they hit the, they hit a three as, as the time expired to, to make it look a lot closer. Um, Texas Tech did have the lead. Uh, we were able to, to hit some, some, some free throws there at the end to extend and then, and then hold, um, hold the lead there to ice the game. Oklahoma hits a three to make it look closer, but essentially you had a four point win. Um, again, like, let me see if the, if there was a big scoring drought, uh, it, it feels like every game there, there's a big scoring drought. So there was in the first half, I think the score was on 17 for what felt like 30 minutes. Texas tech was up by nine. Or, or eight, 17 to nine or 17 to eight, whatever it was. And then Oklahoma just kept scoring and Texas Tech had 17 forever for the longest time. So there was, there was definitely is, a drought there in the first half. Yeah, you got it by eight, 17, nine. And then um, Oklahoma went on a 12, nothing run, got up by four before you hit a three. What well, you traded threes. Um, then you hit a free throw and then, uh, Oklahoma it was like a put 20 up, something to four run. I can't remember. And then Oklahoma put up, uh, six more points. So they went from, um, down eight to up nine, uh, with, it took them eight minutes to do it <laughs> in text. Yeah. Did that's what was so painful. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so slow and painful. Um, let's see. That was in the first half. So run tracker period one. Seventeen to nine. We'll start there and then Yeah, twenty one to four run for Oklahoma over nine and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. He scored Brutal. four points in nine and a half minutes. So. It just seemed like there was there was no way that Tech was going to get out of that. And then, of course, they did. I mean, Isaacs came through at the end, most of it off from the line, 9 of 10 from shooting free throws. Uh, McMillan was the big story of the game coming off the bench. 32 minutes. Kerwin Walton was kind of off. Even though, Well, he wasn't off. He was 3 for 3 and 1 for 1. I mean, he didn't miss a shot, but he didn't get a lot of time. Um I think he must have, he fouled out. He fouled so out. Yeah. I, I knew that it felt like it, and it was pretty early too. I think seven or eight minutes left. He was still playing with four fouls. And I guess that was okay at the time, but he didn't miss a shot. Uh, but McMillan came in 10 of 13 from the field, six of eight from three, made his only free throw, 27 points and eight rebounds, almost 
a double-double off the bench. Darian Williams grabbed 11 rebounds himself. So, But he was two for uh, 10 from the field. Yeah, not not the best on offensive side, but man, he was he was by far the rebound leader. And, you know, Tech held their own. Uh, 32 rebounds to OU's 34. Held their but own. We're I, only down a couple. <laughs> yeah, only a couple. <laughs> we'll take it. But uh, it was it was one of those games that I, I just never knew what was going to happen until you, you finally started to breathe a little bit. I didn't really breathe until Tech was up four with two point whatever seconds left. <laughs> yeah, and McCaslin's just going over there. Don't foul. Don't even st-. like he's just hollering. Don't. It's clear, clear away from them. It's a really good thing he did when their last shot's a, a drained three. That'd have been awful if there'd have been anybody even close enough to blow a whistle on. Yeah. Um, so they go into Norman and win. Yeah. Uh, and and at time, playing with house money, rolling into Fort Worth. We're we're excited, right? We're happy. Yeah. With seven and a half minutes to go, you were down nine. On the road, mm-hmm. down nine, seven minutes to go, come back. Um, and and let's see, uh, you tied it 252. So what's that, four and a half minutes? You, you, you erased that nine-point deficit. And then it was back and forth, up two, down one, up two, up three. Uh once you took the lead with a minute 27 to go on a three where you went from down one to up two, you never, you never let it go. Um, and then Suarez hit that three with, you know, no time. Yeah. He had a, he had a really big first half, but then really quiet second half. Yeah. He led the Sooners in scoring 19 points, 27 minutes. Uh, six of ten from the field, three of five from three, four of six from the line, ten rebounds. Uh, was the only Sooner with, with with double digit rebounds. Sam Godwin, their big guy, had eight. Oway had six. Um, McCollum had seven points. Oway had fourteen. Godwin had thirteen. Uzan had thirteen. Um, but man, so you split it. Which going into the week we were we were hopeful for, um, but it felt like tonight you just the game was like frustrating in so many different ways. It wasn't like oh you just like you, you know you're getting beat on the glass. It was weird fouls and weird officiating at times, and they had a, a hot shooting night. Um, you couldn't you couldn't you know it. If you missed, it was a very quick four, five, six-point swing on one possession, one bad offensive possession. Um, yeah, and that's what's frustrating because Tech shot well. I mean, they shot 52% from the field. They shot 50% from three, but, you know, turned the ball over too many times mm-hmm. and lost the rebound battle by seven. And then, of course, you know, had to resort to fouling a team that's traditionally, not traditionally, but this year, not the best free throw shooting team, but they stepped it up at the end when it started to count. Because there for a while, I thought, oh, man, they're bricking all these. This is great. 
But then that last four or five minutes, they shored up and started making almost all of them like, oh, okay. Well, well so I they, I don't think we're going to get out of this hole now. They, they, they bricked those ones that, that allowed tech to get within three. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, yeah. here we go. Here we go. And then, then they hit the last four. Yeah. Then it was, then it was perfection. Great. Yeah. Good times. Um, so you're back at home this weekend. Um, Saturday, 5 p.m. hosting Cincinnati, who um, they're 14 and 6, 3 and 4 so far this season, but they're 28th in Haslam. You're 29th. Um, they're right there. They're not a bad team despite their record. They're playing at West Virginia tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. If you want to check out that game, see how they're doing. Um, man, they are. It's, it's weird because like you look at it and you're like there are, are things about them that that may be scary, but then like it's hard to pinpoint just one thing, right? Like uh, they're a decent uh, shooting team; they shoot forty five percent from the field. You shoot forty six percent. They're okay at the three, the thirty three percent. You're almost thirty seven percent. They give up about the same number of points you do on the season. You're 67.2. They're 66.5. They go to the free throw line about as many times as you do, a little bit more, 19.6 to your 19.4. They're terrible shooting the free throws, though. 67%, you're 78%. What really could help keep uh, Cincinnati in the... I say keep what could be a a key to how they do is, is rebounding. Michael, they are uh, on this season. They average almost 42 rebounds a game. You're averaging 35. They allow 31 and a half rebounds per game. Um, So they're not, like I said, they're not bad shooting team, but like, it felt like the same thing with, with, uh, with with TCU night. Um, They, it felt like they, they were pulling down everything. Um, oh yeah, that, that, it's a that's a ten rebound, a ten rebound difference. I mean, that's really dominating. Yeah, to out rebound your opponent by ten on average. They're led in rebounds per game uh, by forward Aziz Bando Bandoogo. I'm butchering that. He's a seven footer from Senegal. Um, almost eight points a game, eight point three rebounds. Shooting sixty five percent from the field, so a lot of lot of stuff down low for him. But seven foot two thirty five, um, and then forward Victor Lakin, six eleven, two forty from Russia. He adds a little bit of an offensive game as well to his seven and a half rebounds per game, uh, twelve and a half twelve point seven points per game. He adds in a half block per game. Um. I've got a fun stat for you. Okay. Okay. Out of, let's see, since he's lost, what, four Big 12 games? Sorry. I was on mute. So far, yes. (laughs) Okay. Out of those four Big 12 games, none of them have been above single digits. So So lose a bunch of close games. Yes. And they're uh, probably their biggest win. Well, let me see. Yeah. Their biggest win uh, was the opener at BYU. They won 71 to 60 on the road. 
They lost at home to Texas by one. Then they went to Waco, lost to Waco by three. They lost to Waco. <laughs> lost to Waco. Yeah, the city of Waco fields a wonderful basketball team. Yeah, they lost to Baylor by three. Hosted TCU one by four. So they actually beat TCU 81 to 77 at home. In, in overtime. Yep. Was that in overtime? Mm-hmm. It's not saying it. Uh, who knows? I don't trust my screen. I've got it minimized, so it's weird. Uh, Oklahoma, they hosted them next, lost by four, 65 to 69. Went into Lawrence, Kansas, lost by five, 69 to 74, but then took care of business at home, hosting UCF, winning 68 to 57. So every game they've lost have been by five or less points. In well, and every game, they, every game they won has been close too. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. I mean, BYU they, they, was the biggest. Yeah. But, but by 11, then they won by four. Well, UCF, same. Yeah. yeah. But they've, uh, I just I just feel like they're a team that's fitting in nicely in the Big 12 of ignore the record. Uh, they are going to be someone who can compete with anybody top to bottom the entire night and or the entire conference. Yeah. So uh, like that Kansas game, we I think we talked about it on the podcast. I mean, it was tied at halftime. Kansas ended up winning by four. It's not like, I mean, there's, there may be something I'm missing because I didn't go back and watch the actual game, but uh, I, I do think it was just, it was a, it was a close game the whole time mm-hmm. as far as I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. They um they turn the ball over just a little bit, little bit more than Texas Tech does eleven and a half to, to ten and a half for Texas Tech. Other than that, I mean, fairly evenly matched. Haslametrics has this as a three point win for Texas Tech. Uh, I would say because because you're back at home, uh, which is big. Uh, you got two very close. I mean, they're twenty ninth, twenty eighth ranked teams, uh, rated teams here. Um, so, be a close one. Should be a good game uh, if you can keep them off the glass or limit them at least. Then your next one will be Tuesday night, 8 p.m. So it'll be a late one um, at at Waco. <laughs> yeah, at Waco. Against Waco. The fight in Wacos. Uh, they're, they're, they're sliding a little bit. Uh, they've lost their previous, their most recent three, um, but they are... And they're on the road at uh, at UCF tomorrow night, six PM. So you can flip back and forth over on your on your app between Cincinnati and West Virginia, and Baylor UCF. Keep up with your next couple opponents. Um, they are twentieth in Haslametrics uh, with a projected loss for Texas Tech here, about five points on the road there in the new Farrell Center. Is it Farrell? I thought that was the old place. Pharrell? Is like that where it is now? <laughs> no, it's Farrell. Farrell. Because uh, Moody is Texas. Uh, anyways, their they're, they're high school looking uh, volleyball court. Um, because, you know, everything is smaller in Waco. You got you to gotta dig. You got to dig there when you can. Sure. Um they they built this. They built an arena, Scott Drew sized. 
There you go. Um, they are a. They're still so dang good offensively. They're scoring 80, yeah, they are. 86 points a game, giving up 71, uh, shooting 49% from the field. Uh, plus side is they're not all that great at defending a shooting team. They allow teams to shoot 44, 44.5%. Um, they, they close out pretty well in threes, I guess. Uh, they only allow teams to shoot 31%. Um, Baylor is leading the con, or at least... Uh, is ahead of Texas Tech and, and three point percentage. They're at thirty nine point four. Texas Tech is at thirty six point eight. Um, they get to the free throw line a ton. Twenty two and a half attempts per game, and they're hitting seventy two percent. Rebounding, they're not. I mean, they're thirty seven rebounds a game to Texas Tech thirty five. So a slight advantage there, but they're they're good at box now, only allowing teams to rebound thirty. Um, they turn the ball over a little bit more, but they also force one more turnover than Texas Tech does. Um, so if your defense is there, uh, which has been a thing that you are you haven't been able to count on so much when your offense has turned it on, it, it, it's been weird. You haven't had both sides of that uh, firing at the same time. It felt like early season, your defense was ahead of your offense. Um, not, now that your offense has come together, you, you found uh, Isaacs and, and McMillan, uh, Darian Williams, uh, Walton at not times. Um, Washington has been a score, but defensively it seems like it's kind of slipped a little bit. Um, you, you'll need it facing another high high output team and 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 Baylor next next Tuesday night, um, eight p.m. So we'll we'll have a. We'll hit record, uh, then watch the second half with you, give you an instant reaction as it's happening. Um, and then get you ready for baseball because, uh, well, not that weekend, but yes. <laughs> yes? Hold on. I don't know. You tell me. Baseball is coming soon, everybody. Um, when is when's it start? What's, what's the first day? The 16th. So the week after. So we'll, we'll, we'll do the whole preseason projections, predictions, all that kind of stuff. Um, of the, uh, real quick on baseball, of the, the publications and, and groups that have put out preseason rankings, Texas Tech is in the top 28 of all three of them because Perfect Game does a top 40 uh, and you're 28 in that one, but you're top 25 in the one and the other one that's already out. I can't remember, but... We'll do baseball here pretty soon. Um, do you have anything else, Michael, on Oklahoma or TCU? Or Cincinnati, I, I so. guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, no. And, and you know, just to kind of echo what you said about Baylor, they're just a really talented team on offense. And they have five guys who average over 10 points, and one of them is off the bench. Must be nice. So Langston Love, he's played 18 games. He started zero, but he's averaging 11.6 points a game. How is Chachua still there? <laughs> Let's look at their stats. No, he's not playing that much. He's only played 10 games, and I wonder—I don't know if he's hurt. He started two. Um, how is he still there? He's yeah, I don't know. Him. I don't know if he's battling back from something or or what, but. 
But yeah, that, that's, this is going to be like um, maybe not quite as three-point heavy as BYU, but an, an offense that's going to give you fits. He's a graduate student. There you go. Oh, okay. He's 28 years old, feels like. 6'8", 250 from Cameroon. Yeah. Um, That's all I got on basketball. If you want to talk some, you want to talk some football? Let's talk football. Because you know what came out today, Michael? What's the big, that? The Big 12 released the football schedule for 2024. Yeah, they did. So uh, let's sell some season tickets for 2025 uh, and just get through this home slate. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. My, it's not good. I, 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 I don't. I don't like it. It's, and it's probably just, a, it's, it's back heavy. It's back heavy. It's, it's a like, product of, of just the new big 12, but yeah. But the fact that Texas Tech's last two home games are versus Colorado and versus West Virginia. I'm, I'm okay with that. Your last home game is no, sorry. never mind. I, 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 I was reading the, the West Virginia as an away game. I was like, your last home game is the November 9th. No, nah. no. Nah. Of course, we couldn't get away from playing Iowa State in Iowa in November. <laughs> We'd love to to get that get that fixed uh, at some point. Maybe like if we're going to play them on the road, let's play them in September, October even. But no, no, we, we got to go up, up there in, in November. Um, so your schedule is August 31st, home versus Abilene Christian, Michael's second favorite team. Yay, um, I love the Wildcats. Uh, taking on Keith Patterson and Maverick McIver. Uh, then on the road, Washington State. Hopefully your uh, transfer receiver you took from them will, will have a big game. They're up in Pullman. Uh, September 7th, home versus North Texas on the 14th. 21st, home versus Arizona State. So you get a three-game stretch, three weeks in a row, home games. Uh, 14th, 21st, 28th. So you go North Texas, Arizona State, Cincinnati. October 5th at Arizona. And then you get a bye week. Well, guess what, Michael? There are two bye weeks on this on this calendar. Two. And no Thursday games or Friday games. No Thursday, They're Friday games. Saturday games. Yes. Um, And it's not like like... I feel like you've had two bye weeks a lot of seasons and it's always been like, you'll have that last week off, like the first week of December or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, thanks. Real or you'll have week two off. Yeah. No, you get a week one, two, three, four, five, six. You get week seven and 12 off. It's. I think they're well-timed bye weeks. That's when. Yeah, they're, they're month apart. I wouldn't mind the first one being a little earlier, but I'm I'm good with them. Yeah, you'll have six games under your belt, then you hit a bye week, then you play four, off again, play two. Um, so you get the bye week after Arizona, and you're home versus Baylor at TCU. So you get those two schools back-to-back. Only two road games in a row, and it's right here, end of October, beginning of November, at TCU, at Iowa State, home versus Colorado, and then you hit a bye week. And then November 23rd at Oklahoma State, back home on the 30th for West Virginia. And I'm willing to bet Thanksgiving is that weekend, is it not? 
November 28th. I think it's no, because the first day of the month is a Thursday in November. Mm-hmm. So 2024 Thanksgiving will be on Thursday the 28th. That last game of the season? No, no, no that can't be right. I'm looking That's at That's the fifth it. Thursday, right? It's the fourth Thursday of the month. Right? Oh, crap. Never mind. Friday. <laughs> the first is on a Friday. I'm looking at it. It says Thursday let, the 28th. It's good. You were right to let me bury myself. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you do have seven home games, but nobody will see game number seven in person. What a way to waste it. Thanks, Big 12. Um, and then the Big 12 championship game on the on the calendar, December 7th. Again, glad that you don't have that last uh, that last week. Everybody else is playing except for you, it feels like. Um, and then you get the Big 12 title game that first Saturday in December. Um, so it does feel like it's, it's a stretched out, like it starts in August, ends in December. Um two bye weeks there in the middle back heavy, uh, where you get, um, well, TCU, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, um, are four of your last five Colorado sandwiched in there. I'm just saying is I feel like as a fan, a Texas tech fan, it's back heavy just in fan interest. I mean, I, I'm interested to play Arizona State in Cincinnati and Arizona. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm not, but yeah, you get them in three consecutive weeks, <laughs> right? But the teams I'm, I really want to beat this year are these last six. You know, I, mean, I Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, Colorado, Oklahoma State, especially since Tech didn't get to play them last year, and West Virginia. Who, who knows? Maybe they're figuring Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, a couple of days after Thanksgiving, there there might be quite a few people at the Jones if Joey's got it rolling and West Virginia's able to continue the success they had this year. It's, you know, having to play Oklahoma State and West Virginia back-to-back, that's going to be a tough test. Could have some for, uh, for this team. conference title implications. It could, even if, even if Tech's not involved directly. <laughs> they could involve themselves if, you know, they go up to Stillwater and get a win against a eight win Oklahoma state team or nine win or whatever they might be at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I just wanted to ask you, you already mentioned it's December 7th. Are you penciling it in? Are you, have you got it in pen on your calendar? Have you looked at hotel rooms in Arlington or, or what are you thinking? Are you, are we there yet? Being that I will probably be there the previous week for, for Thanksgiving, uh, it's difficult for me to be able to make it back to back weeks. So, uh, let's, let's just have it penciled in. If, if, if work, just stay there. If, if work needs to be done remotely that week, uh, from, from, from DFW, I may have to do it. They have the internet in the Metroplex. Do they? Maybe. I think they do. I read it in a book. Also, that's a, that's 11 months away. Um, who knows what's happening? <laughs> that is a very long time away. It's that it's not as <laughs> Abilene Christian playing playing in August thirty first is is still a very long time away. But yeah, not, Seven not months. quite as far as the inevitable Texas Tech versus Iowa State Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, 
speaking of Texas Tech versus Iowa State, have you seen who's in the Super Bowl, Spencer? <laughs> as long as it doesn't end up the way that the, the last time these two quarterbacks faced off. Did they ever face off? I'm sure they did. Hold on. Hold on. No, they didn't. I don't think they did. Um, I think this is all just Cyclone Larry having fun with everyone. I don't think they ever played each other. They may have been on the same team. There's a chance Purdy was like a red shirt freshman or something. Uh, when did he start? No, he, Purdy didn't didn't get there uh, until 18. Oh yeah. So there was a couple couple years gap there. We 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 got beat uh, in Ames by um, the linebacker slash running back that ran for a billion yards. Yes. That one day in the ice snow. Yeah. Might as well have been Brock Purdy. Yeah. 15 year old Brock Purdy was probably beat Texas tech 66 to 10 as well. According to some, I don't know how old Brock Purdy was then. Well, he might've been 14. Joel Lanning. Golly, Joel Lanning. Who? <laughs> you wasn't even like their starting quarterback. Like their their leading passer was Park, Jacob Park. You know, I mean, it says it's just really it's incredible what an offense was able to do against you know the 128th ranked defense at home. I mean, you just really got to hand it to Iowa State that day. They just really uh, proved something. They proved something there. Joel Lanning, 17 carries, 171 yards, five touchdowns. Also attempted four passes, three for four for 51 yards. Jacob Park was the leading passer on the day, 14 of 18. So they had five total incompletions on the day. <laughs> Did there, were their jerseys even dirty? Did they even have to wash their jerseys? Maybe from diving into the end zone? 15.3 yards per attempt was the cyclone passing attack that day. Texas Tech was a uh, 5.7 yards per attempt. Yeah, so that translates to how the Super Bowl is going to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> no, so there was no overlap there. Just like how there, there was no overlap at Texas Tech between Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes, but everybody gets that. At least they were close, right? Like Mahomes are... Mayfield was out in December. Mahomes was in in October or August. But yeah, there was a three-year gap there between <laughs> Mahomes and uh, Purdy. Mahomes was playing in and winning Super Bowls by the time uh, Purdy was playing for the Cyclones. Well, that was something that got brought up to me today. So they... Uh, This is, let's see. Is this Mahomes? Is, yes. So I don't know why Reddit College Football tweeted this today. I guess it was just to make me mad because it worked. <laughs> Trigger one. But they got you. Yeah. So they listed uh, this will be both Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes' fifth bowl appearance. <laughs> I don't know why that made me so angry, but it did. It's like, this is not the same. 
What are you talking about? And so, yeah, obviously, Purdy went to four, I guess, at Iowa State. And then, yeah, now he's in the Super Bowl, whereas Pat went to one <laughs> at Tech. And he left early, too. But now this is his fourth Super Bowl. So, anyway, yeah, I'm just not um, – that. I totally took the bait on that one. I don't know why that one made me so mad. Brock Purdy now equals the amount of bowl game bowl game appearances as Patrick Mahomes. Hey, can I can, can I uh, rewind for a second? Yes. Did you uh, did you see the the schedule announcement tweet from Texas Tech football? A little bit. I I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I caught the gist where they were. So it's it's like a showing the construction. construction. Yeah, construction update, and they have just just. Uh, photoshopped. <laughs> They've got the schedule on different shots yeah, of like the on a concrete beam or back where the skid steers moving dirt around or something. Yeah. Okay. So that opening shot where it shows you what the south end zone looks like right now is like, man, that's going to be pretty impressive when that's done here in just a few months. I, I had not kept up with the progress. Uh, you like, haven't been watching the feed? I've not been watching the the live cam set up in the stadium. Oh, we just put it on. That's what I do when I get home from work. I just put the put on the. Where's the remote? I need my feed. My my kid and my wife love it. We just watch end zone construction. Let's see. Let's see. Is it? uh, Is it in the Texas Tech link tree? I have no idea. I mean, of course I do. No, it's, it's favorited on my Roku. I just I just call it the feed. I can say Alexa, play the 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 feed, and it knows what I mean. Where's the? Uh, it's not. Who's got it? Who's who's running that? The live feed. Stop. I don't know. I feel like Geo Geo tweets it out a lot, so he might have something to do with it. Robert Giovanetti. But it's, it is impressive. I, I drove past there not too long ago. And just from the Marsha Sharp, you can kind of see a little bit of it. Uh, or especially, not necessarily from the Marsha Sharp, but if you're, say you're getting on the Marsha Sharp from university and you're heading west. So before you kind of dive into the, the, the lazy river that the Marsha Sharp can become during a, a monsoon, you can see very clearly a lot of work going on over there. Yeah. And like you said, it's going to be pretty impressive. Even going to the game I went to, uh, it was UCF. They had so much of the steel up, so you could really get an impression of what it's going to be. But they still had the practice facility up, which of course they did. So now that's all been leveled, and they're redoing all of that as well. And uh, it's just got to be nuts. Not all of the practice facility is leveled, but I think mainly well, the, the locker room and weight room and stuff. The the building and offices. Is gone. Yeah. Yeah. The the indoor like the indoor track and the indoor football field are still they're still left. Of course those of the indoor performance center, the IPF, is it performance or <laughs> then I then I'm <laughs> facility. <laughs> um yeah, the IPF, you know, the, the center, 
the indoor performance center. That's what that F stands for. So I found, I found, so there are two, um, construction cams. One is facing the, the, the training facility. Um, and it's what you would expect right now. It's dark. It's a dirt field right now. Uh, oh, that's like the third search in my YouTube. Texas Tech basketball, Texas Tech football, Texas Tech construction cam. Yeah, let me let me see if I can pull up the first one. There's three watching. Me, was, you, <laughs> who else? There it is. Who? Right. What other sickos watching this right now? Are you listening? Yeah, so I got steel up left to right, all the way across. Um. Oh man, yeah. Oh, and they've they've got part of the the tower on the southeast corner up. Yeah, yeah. I've got it topped. the The southwest tower is going up. You can you can see it. It's above. It's rising above. There's a chat feature here. I should chat to you. <laughs> We're just talking to each other. In the chat of the South End Zone construction camp. You seeing this, bro? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the schedule's out. Um, spring game is going to be in Midland, which we've talked about. Um, hey, speaking of on campus, let's let's roll into a quick question here uh, and open up to um, all of our fine listeners because we're, we're not we're not young. We're we're young at heart, right, Michael? Um. But it's been a correct. I graduated more than a decade ago, which means I haven't lived on campus in sixteen years. I my last semester on campus at Texas Tech was spring of two thousand eight. My nephew will be a freshman at Texas Tech. Guns up, love it for him. He'll be an engineering major. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant dude. Um. He'll start as a freshman this fall. Ask me, hey, what, what, are, what are some good dorms on campus? I was not going to point him in the direction of the dorm I lived in, although I, did, I didn't have any like major complaints. There were, there were ones on campus that were worse. I lived in Sneed. Um, and for those that don't know, it was the one coming in off the main entrance off of Broadway uh, the first building on the right, as soon as you got on campus in front of the seal and the fountain. Um, it was as, as a, as a resident of fall of 2007, we were the first resident class to have AC in that building, Michael. 2007, they were still outfitting, outfitting dorm rooms with AC. Well, you know, you don't really need it in, Except for a, in August, a couple of <laughs> months there in the fall. Except for the entire fall now. Oh, dude, we were September running September was September was like the hottest September on record. Can you imagine having been in that then? Yeah, you're like I'm not spending any time in my dorm room. I'm going to be in like no classrooms or it's going to be in the dining library. hall until they kick me out. Yeah, and then go sweat it out all night with your windows open, hoping for the yeah no. So we we um. 2007, it, like, which may seem, like, may sound like it, like it was a long time ago for, for anybody that's younger, but, 
Um, well, it was. It was also, we were some of the, the closest students to the football stadium. So it was fairly easy for us to get to games. I think there was one more, uh, one more building just north of us, Coleman, I believe. They did not have AC when I was there. Um, that's but just brutal, man. The, Coleman is the building that's just south of the practice fields if you're coming in off of like Glen and Goodacre off of university. Um, but we were the next ones back, so we were right there. Um, and I remember, which game was it? Colorado. Yeah, it was a Colorado game that, that whatever, way overslept. But because we were so close, we were able to get to the game within a couple minutes. We were late. The game had either just started or was about to start by the time we woke up, me and my roommate. Um, and we fast walked up to the stadium. But, so the nephew's looking for dorm recommendations. I, I, I said not Sneed. Um, although it does have a salmon's place, which is pretty, um, it's clutch back in the day. Also helped me gain quite a few pounds because that grill, it's right there, man. So easy to get down there and, eat up some uh, fried foods or grilled burgers or um, we did a lot of uh, Philly sandwiches off that grill. They're so good. Um, Weymouth, if it's still a male dorm, probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> um the one that's uh, across from the music building, it's new um, at the corner of 19th and Boston. Is it Clement? No, definitely not Clement. Talkington? Or is that a... Talkington's the one over there by the... by. Well, hold on. No. That's 19th and Boston. Yes, it's Talkington. Um I have nothing to add here. I never went to these. I never stayed in the dorms. I was a transfer student. But my cousin's at Clement Hall right now, and I don't think he hates it. And that's definitely a freshman hall because he's a freshman. Yeah. So I, I could reach out to him, see if he would recommend it. I think he enjoys the cafeteria. Whatever they have to eat there is good. But is Talkington, uh, is it for freshmen though? Uh, I would I'm doubt looking it. Looking at it, and it, it's it's got the same same layout as um as Murray, so it's um there's suites, so I'd doubt it. Um, where you got two and four bedroom suites, where you share one bathroom between two rooms, and then you have a a, a living room. Anyways, is it Gates that was that has like a lot of music students in it? You probably don't want that one. <laughs> That's a fair point. I mean, as might be as somebody it, next door with a with a French horn just just <laughs> constantly practicing, which they shouldn't be because they're right across the build, the street from the music building. They shouldn't be able to get over to a, a practice room, or whatever. That's but, true. Maybe um, we're assuming things, but you know, 
as a, as, as 2007, 2008 Spencer at Texas Tech was a music major, I can tell you music students are obnoxious, especially if you're not a music major. Yeah, it's Gates. You don't want Gates. Um, if you can get into one of the apartments or suites, I would try that. Carpenter Wells, Gordon, Murray, Talkington, West Village. But I think all those are upperclassmen. And they're also further away, so they're a little more inconvenient for walking on campus to get to get to class. Well, yeah, especially if he's in engineering. My goodness, the key is miles away. I guess the closest thing to engineering would be Sneed or Coleman. Yeah, maybe you got to go back to Sneed. Go back and say, see, it's not so bad. It was great seventeen years ago. That was 17 years ago, man. <laughs> uh, I laugh because I'm older than you, so I can I can do that. But hold on, though. I mean, how many classes would he have in the engineering key as a freshman? What's well depends on what's his major. What is well? Is. I don't. He's going to have a couple. He's he's going to like. Don't most engineering students start off as like a general engineering and then kind of specialize once they figure out more what they want? Or am I just talking out of mind? No, you pick one. Okay. I I, I, I don't think he's, he's yeah, narrowed like, that it, down yet. I remember having, um, as a transfer, I had like engineering, electrical engineering 1301 or whatever. So it was definitely a freshman level class. There were a lot of wet behind the ears kids in that class. Oh, I feel yeah. like an old, an old man. There's a ton of engineering program. I, I had no idea. Chemical engineering, civil, computer, computer science, construction, electrical, environmental, industrial manufacturing yeah. and systems, mechanical, petroleum. And a lot of the big ones have their own building. And so if you, if he's an electrical, he's going to go, he'll have at least one electrical engineering class his freshman year probably both semesters, maybe two. And that'll be out of the double E building, for instance. And of course, you know, civil has their own mm-hmm. engineering tech has their own, but that's not what he's doing. Uh, ME has their own petroleum, industrial computer science. I mean, everybody has kind of their own building, but then there's some of the hybrid engineering ones where you, you do kind of take classes in different buildings because you're covering more, more aspects of it. So let's say you did go get a general engineering degree, which I do think they have. You would probably take classes in all of those buildings at some point, but I've not, I would not recommend that. I would specialize in something because then even if you specialize in something and you real kind of feel like you made a mistake, probably you could still get an engineering job in the field you want as long as it's not light years different out of school and no one's going to care. They'll yeah. teach you what you need to know. Like, Oh, they have an engineering degree. We got this. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, as a music major, um, obviously I had about half of my class in, in the music building and everything else was just spread all, all over campus. I mean, I had, uh, I had classes yeah, in that, the, was it Holden? I, I had several classes in Holden. I had engine, uh, not engineering. And economics uh, and history and I dumped it else in there too. 
Yeah, he'll need to get very familiar with the math and physics building as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I was telling my, my, my oldest son, uh, Grayson, about like as a music major, I had to take one math class. And, and because music majors and, and then subsequently public relations majors were not, not uh, STEM heavy degrees, right? So it was like, you fulfilled your, your mathematics by taking a stats class. And I was like, <laughs> I was taught by a master's student, like a graduate level student who did not speak English. So like, well, I, math is, you don't need to in math. Well, and luckily because stats, like I, I got the easiest version of stats. Like it wasn't like the statistical analysis or like research based. Like you're looking at that kind of stats. No, it was like median mode. <laughs> Like legit, like they eat like basest of base level stats. Um, Mine was stats for engineers because they like to be mean and it involved calculus. Uh, so I never took, I never took calculus. Uh, my most. I have a math minor. I'm not even trying to have a math <laughs> minor. I just have one. My most advanced math came in my physics class, which I loved physics. Uh, it was one of those classes I that was like not. really difficult for me, but it was really practical and it made sense. Um, it was a class that pushed me. Like I had to study and memorize things and like work it out. But for whatever reason, the logical side of my brain just ate that stuff up. I loved it. I loved physics. Now I, I also, full disclosure, I took physics at a community college. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it was in the time it was, it was summer. No, it was fall of 2008. So I had left Texas tech. I was preparing uh, to, to get ready to serve my mission overseas for, for my, my church service, um, which I didn't end up leaving until February of 2009, but I was still taking classes. I was back home uh, in school. I took like a photography class. I took physics. Uh, I took some like financial planning class that couldn't tell you besides some like, accountant taught and he was like 75 years old. I was like, this is a waste. I hate this class. Um, I do feel like I took a, another math class there and it may have been pre-Cal. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. You'll need to be, be familiar with um, the key and the quad. Although the quad is only like three buildings. So it's kind of misnomer there. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, I took Okay, what were, what, we're going to have very different answers here because like music major and, and public relations, not, not science related at all. Um, also, my, like, my physical science uh, requirements, I fulfilled with physics and geology. <laughs> and again, I love geology. <laughs> it was really inter interesting to me and, and, and I, I love the lab. Uh, I was not smart. I, I, I did not take the lab when I took the, um, the lecture. Those were in two different semesters. I don't know how I got away with doing that. Uh, the lab was a little bit more difficult trying to recall the, uh, lecture part of the class since it was like, I'm pretty sure I took, um, the lecture geology in spring of 08. And then I took the geology lab in like summer of 2010. Like they, they, they weren't even close. Um, it was the year of the world cup. 
in South Africa. I know that because I was like, I was, I was like running back to the apartment to go catch games. Max. Common geology trivia answer. Um, anyways, that, that's a whole lot to do with talking about uh, where to live on campus. Uh, you want to wrap this up with what do we learn, Michael? I guess. Or did you have something else you want to talk about living no. on campus? Or are you just done? You want to I never play? lived on campus. No, I know, but like just experiences as a as a text tech student. Just uh, relive no. the time as a No, I would um you know, I, I think I think he's got the right idea. Go ahead and start at tech. There are a lot of great things about being a transfer and a lot of things that probably I missed out on, but I'd, I don't know if I'd change it if I could do it again, but it was just, yeah, I, I think getting the the quote unquote full college experience, you probably get a little bit better shot of that at tech and your course loads just going to be more spread out because by the time I got to tech, I was taking all engineering classes every semester yeah. and it was brutal as opposed to, uh, there was no fluff. Like I had already taken all my English and economics and government and all that stuff. I had knocked all of that out at, in level land. And then I got to tech and it's just, okay, all right, here's a 12, 15 hours of engineering classes. I was in physics. Oh, great. Thanks. Calculus based physics, Ooh. two semesters of it. I was, um, Blended Thanks. of that. I, I, I took all my, my non-major classes in the summers. So like all my, my like humanities uh, and um, stuff like that. I so tried like, to take electronics one in the summer, which means, yes, there is a sequel. And I dropped it. I just like, I can't. I was trying to work at the same time and it was like its own job. I, was like, I just can't keep up with this. There's no way. And so I went like a week and I thought that, that's it. I'm just going to work. I would rather work full time and get the money to help me make it through the next semester as opposed to missing out on 20 hours a week of work to go to this class. I feel like we could talk several episodes worth about the differences in our experiences as students. Oh gosh, it would be, it'd be a lot different. Cause like, okay. So I, I started on campus as a music major. I, I lived on campus. Uh, and then when I came back to tech, I was a, I was a, I was an electronic media uh, major, and then switched to PR within the semester of starting as a as a mass comm student. Um, I did all my non like as many as my non major classes over the summers as I could, and I I, I did summer school. Um, every year, at, like when I returned. To, to tech, uh, I, I, I never stopped going to school. I was, I was year round student. Um, I had on campus jobs. I, I worked at Barnes and Noble, uh, for, for about a year. I worked for the athletic department for a, a semester. I did some um, data entry one semester or two. I got for married. Like the psych department. I can't remember. Oh, that's kind of a big deal. I got married as a student. Yeah. As a junior, um, I was 20. I was almost 21. What year did you get married? 2011. Dang, you got married before I did. Yeah, we're celebrating 13 years this year. Congratulations. In May. 
It'll be, it'll be a minute. Yeah. I, I also took summer classes that year and I was like a few days late returning. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be out for my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all cool with this? And my teacher's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, I, I, I got married between, between terms here. And, uh, well, I'll be, I'll be back for the majority of, of class. But like the first couple of days I'll, I'll coming back from the beach, man. <laughs> they're like, Spencer just rolls in with beach vibes. They're like, it's a tan. Okay. But we take exams every Friday. So like, you'll have a lot to catch up on. It's like, cool. No worries. Cool. Cool. I'll be, I'll be relaxed and refreshed, man. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we, we, we could have several episodes about how different our experiences were. Um, Anyways, okay, let's wrap this up. So you, you, you talked about Patrick Mahomes uh, and Brock Purdy playing the Super Bowl. What, what are your thoughts on like the skills-based Pro Bowl stuff this weekend? Do, um, do you care? Hang on, I've got to sneeze. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I promise I do care. I, I don't, like I don't miss the, the, the previous version, the previous uh, iteration of the Pro Bowl. Like it, it was an exhibition that meant nothing like players didn't try. It wasn't really all that entertaining. So I, I get why they changed it. Um, but also like these skill based, like flag football or throwing competitions, punt, passing kick. I couldn't care less. Well, I, I don't know yet. I didn't give it a good, cause this is the second year they've done this, right? I think last year was the first year they really did it with Eli and Peyton. And yeah, the Mannings in case y'all didn't know the, Last year, I didn't really give it much of a chance. I think the only time I remember remember watching it was I was at a restaurant. And we were having a family dinner, and they had it on the TV. And so I watched some of it, but I couldn't really hear what was going on. And I think they were trying to catch punts and something else. I mean, it's interesting. I think I'm okay with it. But it, it kind of brings more of uh, – I think they've kind of done what the NBA does, which is – NBA has several different skill things and then lead up to the actual game, but which is strange because I don't mind probably grabs my interest more than the pro bowl. I'll say that even though that's not a a very high bar, my interest in the pro bowl pro bowl was always very low. Yeah. And I was gonna say, I, I like the dunk contest and the three point shooting competition. Like I, I like that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. May, I don't know. I, 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 I don't love it. I, I, I think they're trying to fill a void of, of a week off where like there's no football. It's like, we could probably be okay with there not being any football, but. Um, I think they should have a dunk competition. <laughs> I think they should have, there's a, there's this guy I follow and I think I've talked about this before. He, he writes for Up Rocks and his name's Brian Grubb and his pitch for all-star weekends or for stuff like that is to have these players, these magnificent athletes do the other competitions. So like football players hitting home runs or something, you know, baseball players trying to kick field goals or, or whatever it is. I, I don't know. Just, just make it kind of wacky. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to do, but, and I'm sure that, you know, Goodell or whoever would, have a hernia if they broadcast a dunk competition with of NFL players. But uh I mean I would probably watch that. 
guys trying to do like the biggest cannonball into the pool. What if there's they probably did some a, way that Amazon could figure out how much water's displaced, like advanced stat cast or something? Yeah, they're advanced stats of what 360 if, pound lineman coming off the high dive. His uh, his velocity hitting the water and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's blend this a little bit. What if there was like a pros versus Joes competition, but it like pro in a different sport? So you get football players playing baseball playing a amateur level adult baseball team. Like, oh, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Or like, um, I mean, like you, you, you can't do like a seven on seven flag football with Patrick Mahomes versus just like a nobody off the street. Yeah. Um, but like, would it have to be a different sport for one, a three on three with like Mahomes as like a, a guard or whatever. Um, well, even on the broadcast tonight on ESPN, they talked about some pickleball tournament with like all these, Those I can't remember any, I can't remember any of the people that they mentioned, but they were all people that I thought, oh yeah, that, I don't know. I might watch that. It's like Charles and Barkley talking about how much he golfs or something. But it was, no, it was some pickleball tournament with uh, like famous former softball and tennis players and uh, just, you know, famous athletes that played a different sport, but now they're all competing against each other in pickleball. And I thought, okay, I don't even really know what pickleball is, but I might watch that. So did you hear about uh, John McEnroe, Andre Agassi, and Andy Roddick, and Michael Chang heading back to the courts for a pickleball slam? There you go. Yeah. All right, that's long enough, Michael. <laughs> that'll do it for us with the personnel podcast uh getting you ready for next week's matchup versus cincinnati and baylor and what it's going to be like living on campus for my nephew anyways that'll do it for us 23 personnel podcast uh we'll be back on saturday most likely for an instant reaction for michael i'm spencer I'll catch you guys next time Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.